0: Hello I'm Duncan Wilson and welcome to this podcast produced by the International Monetary Fund. The discovery of oil off the coast of Ghana in 2007 was met with joy in the country, but also with a determination that the West African nation should not fall victim to the corruption and conflict which has bedevilled other oil rich countries. Mohammed Amin Adam is a member of a civil society organization published what you pay Ghana, which is working to ensure that the country's oil production process and the revenue it produces are transparent, public, and audited. Adam was a visitor to the IMF World Bank meetings held in Washington, D.C. last month, and he took a few minutes out to speak to me about how much progress has been made in oil revenue management. But first he explained that while oil was discovered in Ghana back in the 1970s, The discovery four years ago opened a new chapter in the country's history.
1: Indeed, in the early 70s, Ghana discovered oil. But the discovery was not a commercial discovery. Now, in 2007, the discovery was commercial because it it was estimated to be in the region of uh, between 800 million barrels of oil. And so that is very significant. Relative to our economy, which is also a small economy, This discovery means a lot to our country. According to the IMF, according to the World Bank, for the first year, we may be receiving about 1.2 billion US dollars. That is quite significant for a country with a budget, annual budget of 4 billion US dollars.
0: How do you ensure that Ghana doesn't fall victim to the resource curse, that these benefits aren't concentrated in the hands of a
1: few? The government of Ghana has taken the right steps so far. First of all, A petroleum revenue management law has been passed and that provides a transparent framework for managing the revenues so that few people cannot hijack the revenues that will come from oil for their own selfish benefit at the expense of the majority of the population. The law also defines the way the revenues should be invested and which areas which we consider priority areas for the investment of these revenues. The government also has to publish annually the amount of revenue received and how these revenues were spent. And therefore this framework for me is a significant beginning for Ghana to ensure that we do not concentrate oil resources in the hands of few people. We know that the exploration and production side is usually the challenge. That is where the corruption is quite imminent. That is where you have few people, you know, taking advantage of that area. That is where there is so much secrecy. And so we have been advocating for a second law to be passed, the Petroleum Exploration and Production Law, which should provide for an open and competitive bidding process to ensure that corruption is reduced, if not eliminated completely. We are advocating for mandatory contract disclosure so that Ghanaians can know the terms of the contracts that we sign with the petroleum companies. We are advocating that the government should take more shareholding in all petroleum operations. And even after taking more shares, the government should float some of the shares on the stock exchange of our country so that ordinary citizens, so that it is not a preserve of the rich to own shares in these petroleum operations.
0: There was a report from Oxfam after the passage of that first law you mentioned which said that despite all these uh, requirements for transparency or these new obligations set in the law, there was still a risk that your country might indulge in the same kind of risky behaviour that Nigeria and other countries engaged in because it might use these petrodollars as collateral for risky loans.
1: The risk is there. Our country has gone through HIPAAC before highly indebted four-country initiative our debts were forgiven now with oil discovery with the amount of revenues that we're going to receive the total revenues as a percentage of gdp is going to increase and that means that the leverage to borrow more <laughs> also increases and so our government has been deceived by these statistics and so it gives give you a false you know uh, hope because of that we collateralized the oil revenues that will go to the budget. Now the government has negotiated a 3 billion US dollar loan, you know, with the China Development Bank, and the oil revenues have to be used to pay these debts. We are likely to be a country with 10 years from today that will be finding problems paying back these debts. You are then going to compromise development by sacrificing resources that should go to development into the payment of these debts. And that is our fear.
0: Are you saying that the government should not use these petrodollars for collateral?
1: Yes, that clause that allows for collateralization alone makes nonsense of the entire law. My worry is that you're taking more money because you have oil, because you are now more credit-worthy. You take more money that you cannot manage. And so we think that uh, government needs to develop the country but government needs to move at the pace that reflects the level of development of the country. We must cut our coat according to the size of our cloth.
0: Does Ghana see itself as a beacon to other countries in Africa?
1: There are two categories of the oil-rich countries in Africa. The old who have been in oil production, Nigeria, Equatorial Guinea, Angola, And then the newcomers, led by Ghana. I'm sure you know that Sierra Leone, Liberia, Uganda, Guinea, and even Niger are on their way to joining Ghana. The promise is very huge. And so, while Ghana doesn't have the experience of production, Ghana has the experience of a democracy. We have the experience of transparency. We have the experience of accountability. And we have infused this experience into the management of our young oil and gas industry because we believe that if we succeed, the newcomers that will join Ghana will emulate Ghana's examples. And this is why there must be so much attention on how Ghana manages its resources. That was Muhammad Amin
0: Adam, a member of a civil society organization published What You Pay Ghana and a visitor to the IMF World Bank meetings in Washington, D.C. in September. And in the following weeks, you'll be able to hear from other participants at that conference on www.imf.org podcasts.